Welcome to Nutrition and Fitness Made Simple with me, your girl, Coach Kayla. This podcast is all about uncovering and simplifying the hundreds of health strategies to help you design the body of your dreams. Today's episode is all about pregnancy and fitness, and I'm joined by Daisy Bravo, an online pregnancy and postpartum fitness coach and the founder of Strong Moms Fitness. So Daisy, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, really pumped and ready to share whatever I can with your audience. Absolutely. I'm excited to have this conversation because you and I both know like people exercise wrong, you know, and then especially when there are different um, things that the person needs to focus on or, you know, different injuries or situations we need to really cater a program around. This episode is really going to get into how to exercise while pregnant and even break it down per trimester. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Daisy, why don't you share where they can connect with you? Sure. Yeah, I am just about everywhere online. Uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, Pinterest, YouTube, and you can find me just by typing in Strong Moms Fitness. My website is strongmomsfitness.com and that's moms plural. I know sometimes people put in strong mom, but it's momsfitness.com uh, <laughs> and I'm just about everywhere. And from my website, you can link to all my social media handles if you're having trouble finding me. So strongmomsfitness.com. Again, I'm, I'm pumped to have this convo. Before we jump in, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. Nutrition and Fitness Made Simple is brought to you by Design Your Body Academy. Design Your Body Academy is a team of registered dietitians and certified fitness professionals who create personalized health and nutrition coaching programs. They work with individuals seeking to lose weight, to fix their nutrition, and even to balance hormones as well as build lean, solid muscle through private coaching anywhere in the country. Learn more at www.designyourbodyacademy.com. All right, Daisy. So let's let's get in it. Tell me, like, this is a very specific population, right? Your your job, your entire business is focusing on pregnant women. So how did you get into that? Yeah, sure. And just like you know, anyone that specializes in something in fitness, it, it's not like this linear, cut and dry journey. It's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster for me. And I've I started in fitness. I started out pretty young. Um, right out of uh, high school, I went in, I got my training certificate. I, uh, you know, I thought I was awesome. I thought I was the best trainer. I was going to get everyone ripped and shredded. You know, we all go in there with high hopes that, you know, we're the best. And of course we have to kind of go through all this, the struggles and the learning experience. And, yeah. and I started out when I first started out, I, uh, one of the first gyms I worked out at was like a women's only gym. So of course you get the whole range of women. This is kind of the time where, um, women were a little nervous still to get in, into the, uh, the bigger gyms, you know, cause of the clunking of the weights and mm-hmm. the sweaty men and the grunting. So, <laughs> you know, in that time, so some women felt really comfortable going in there. So the women that I dealt with mainly, mainly there were, um, you know, you see a lot of, uh, menopausal women, you know, women that just were uncomfortable with their bodies, women that were, um, you know, pregnant, postpartum, just that whole gamut of women that just really just didn't feel comfortable in, you know, in that kind of general uh, co-ed gyms or male mm-hmm. dominated gyms. So in that experience, I learned so much. And, mm-hmm. you know, some nights I went home, uh, you know, feeling deflated. I'm like, something's going on. I didn't learn, I didn't learn how to deal with some of these women 
in my training course, what is going on yeah. here? So, um, you know, especially when it came with pregnant postpartum women, a lot of the trainers that I looked up to, some of them, you know, were like afraid to go near these women. They didn't know what mm-hmm. to do. And then the other trainers kind of ignored that they were pregnant altogether. And they just like continued on with their wow. like boot camp mentality. Like you can do it. Just do burpees. Do burpees. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and of course I'm like the happy, like I'm in the middle girl. I'm Switzerland. So mm-hmm. I was like, something's going on here. So that's, it kind of, that sort of planted the seed and I knew something wasn't right there. So I, I kind of started opening up my eyes a little bit more and being open to learning more and and my journey kind of goes on and and I spend a lot of time um studying massage therapy rehab therapy athletic therapy and they all just kind of built upon each other Mm -hmm. until it got to the point where it was it was on my shoulders for real um my husband's like it's time we need to have a baby your clock is ticking. Uh, Let's do this. And part of me was like, okay, I don't want to be like one of those other women. I don't want to be like one of those other trainers. I need to learn how to do this. You know, I need to know how to get results. I want to stay fit. I was in the, you know, the best shape of my life when my husband had told me this. So I was Mm -hmm. like, what? No, mm-hmm. I'm not ready. I want to, yeah. you know, be competing. <laughs> I want to do this. I want to put my bikini on, strut around. I'm not ready for this. So um, that's when I just started to jump into learning how to train in pregnancy and postpartum, and learn how to manage that time of your life and how to come out of that on top stronger than before. So th- kind of that's where I came from, and I've. And I'm the type of person, I'm like a course junkie. So Mm -hmm. I've taken course after course. And, you know, from all of that, I took the good, the bad, the ugly from all of those programs and sort of just experimented on myself and my clients and figured out sort of what works the best. And and that's kind of how I started, actually, is is really just like all trainers, figuring out, trying um, trial and error, seeing what works. And um, that's pretty much Strong Moms Fitness in general. Nice. Now, how long have you been doing Strong Moms Fitness specifically? Yeah, so specifically, it's been about four, four and a half, five years that I have been focused exclusively online pregnancy and postpartum women. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about some of the issues that you've seen. Like, what are the main issues that you've either seen in the gym or that you've experienced with the clients when it comes to pregnant women trying to exercise? Sure. And I kind of alluded to it before as as what I had seen originally, because it still holds Mm -hmm. true today. Um, I feel like this group um, is really underserved, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Doctors really don't give you much information. If you are part of, uh, let's say, a boot camp, a CrossFit Um, some of these other um, boutique type fitness places where you're just dealing with um, people that are playing out some sort of program, a lot of them really don't know special considerations to to provide these women, um, how to support these women through this time, how to walk them through it. Uh, It's usually you kind of see the camp of yeah, just take it slow, take it easy um, or push through. Um, so that is kind of 
you know, and you see it everywhere, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, and, and I, a lot of, when I started to make this transition into working with postpartum women, I was mainly dealing with CrossFit gyms. So a lot of it was very like type A grunting, push through, mm-hmm. you can do it. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta beat your time. Every time has got to be better. You're always P, trying to go for a new PR, trying to get better and better. So yeah. I did see a lot of women that, um, you know, really had this, I need to hold on to, um, clean and jerks for as long as I can. I need to, <laughs> you know, push press and keep getting stronger. So, um, you know, it's, it's really just, just being unrealistic and seeing a woman as an individual and seeing a woman who's pregnant or postpartum as a whole is really where kind of the stem of, of what I see of, you know, issues mm-hmm. of what's going on in this kind of training world when it comes to working with pregnant and postpartum women. So for the women that you've seen that were doing clean jerks, push press, deadlift, squats, you know, were, did they experience any issues in their pregnancy that you're aware of or even afterwards? Sure. Yeah. So a lot of times, again, it is, it's very individual and there are, uh, of course, always a subset of individuals that can continue um, whatever level of training initially um, throughout their pregnancy. And I, and I, and I don't want to say that, that you can't, and it's, it's not possible, but it just might not be the best thing um, in this moment. Um, But yes, we do see a lot of women who are, you know, just one, you're dealing with fatigue uh, a lot. So that's going to, that's going to have an effect on performance regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's huge for everyone. So people might not be able to just in general, keep up with their level of fitness because of, of energy levels. Um, you know, another thing that of course you see is, um, you're dealing with a lot of changes in your posture and your ligaments, um, the integrity of, of your soft tissue. So a lot of yeah. that's going to affect um, how you work out. A lot of women start feeling pain as they get a little larger, as they get deeper into their pregnancies, low back, pelvic pain, SI pain, joint pain, that all starts to creep up on some women as they get through their pregnancy. Maybe Mm -hmm. you start feeling some pressure and pain in the pelvic floor. Sometimes it almost feels like the baby just wants to work its way, (laughs) swim out of you now. That's creepy. (laughs) Those are feeling like they're hanging low. Um, You know, so all these weird feeling and sensations. Some days, my women are feeling great. Some days they are in pain. Sometimes they're, you know, there is just, it is like every day you're dealing with a whole new body, a whole new woman. (laughs) Uh, So you have to take that further. And then of course, looking at postpartum a lot of times, and and it is a myth that um, if you work out during pregnancy, you give it your all during pregnancy, that that's going to guarantee um, an easier, uh, a better bounce back after pregnancy. And sometimes there's no guarantees in that. Of course, there mm-hmm. is a lot that goes on during labor. There's a lot of trauma that can occur there. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of postpartum injuries that women need to keep in the back of their mind when going back to working out. Uh, I, I know you want to chat a little bit about diastasis, uh, like prolapse and hernias, mm-hmm. uh, leakage, all these sort of things can creep up after baby. And 
they're not necessarily in your control during pregnancy. You can kind of try to support it, but there is no, uh, no guarantees that if you get across the finish line, that um, you're going to be in, uh, you know, a better situation uh, yeah. depending on how you worked out. So um sort of bad news to give to some ladies today, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, right? So nothing is guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you can eat as much fiber as you want to, but it doesn't mean that that is what is adequate for your body. There may be something else that your body needs to take in or so on and so forth. Um, but is it, does it help? You know, is it important? Is, is, it, is it a factor um, if a woman is exercising prior to pregnancy, during pregnancy, that it will help her, one, um, through labor, you know, and then two, um, does it help increase the speed of recovery and the ability to get back in the gym or exercise? Does it matter at all? Sure, it does. I mean, there are, as, as you know, with anyone in any circumstances, um, there are so many benefits to yeah. exercise. And of course, I would say during pregnancy and postpartum, number one is mental health yeah. um, and, and setting yourself up with this positive attitude, this positive mindset. And a lot of times the reason why people struggle with recovery or um, end up not continuing with things, it's because of like mindset and it's because they just don't feel great about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, you know, they're a little bit depressed. So exercise and mindset, I think, and and that can propel you through postpartum. And I think that's probably the number one thing. Um, Yes, it can help you through labor. Um, If you are, you know, pushing is, is a big, you know, is an important part of labor. You want to make sure you are strong enough for pushing. So you want to make sure that, um, yeah, I've got the energy to keep going through this um, 20 hour labor that I am going through. Um, so, so yeah. So if someone is a couch potato versus someone that has worked out throughout their pregnancy, of course, they're going to have that, um, you know, that more of the longevity, they'll be able to continue through, they'll have that sustainable energy, they'll have that cardiovascular, you know, mm-hmm. health to keep them and propel them through. So so yes, that is great. Um, of course, you know, the, the main issue is a lot of times the, the trauma during birth and labor. So a lot of times um, women have to have an emergency C-section, yeah. um, episiotomy, you know, it is real life. What is that? I've um, heard that one before. It's a little bit of cutting going on in uh, to get the baby out. So that's oh, they, they, they is, cut the walls necessary. of the vagina. Um, they they go yeah they cut they cut some tissue to allow for some room. So I'm oh. going to go into some detail there, but it's just to to help facilitate. Uh, sometimes there's forceps involved. I don't know if, yeah. if that's still very common. There's a vacuum tool also. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like let's just say you're a football player. You train, you practice, you're in your peak physical condition. You blow out a knee just because you know you're training before that is going to help you with your recovery, but you still have to go through the recovery. Yeah. Um, so it's just such a gray area, unfortunately. Yes. Um, you know, hands down exercise through pregnancy does help your recovery, but it's not the be all end all. Um, and there's other things, other factors involved. So I don't want to totally discourage people away from exercise, but I want to, um, provide 
a realistic right, um, expectations right. for people because that is actually the problem I see is the people that go come out of labor with the ego that they have worked out and they've done um, they've done the lifting through pregnancy they've continued to run they have continued to do this that and the other mm-hmm. and they uh, go with the ego that as soon as the doctor says it's okay they can start back at where they left off or, mm-hmm. or level 10 or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that is not realistic. There does need to be a fourth trimester, a rehab, something like that, that women do need to think about regardless of how young they are, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how fit they are there, there is, um, sort of that there is a little spot there. There's a little rehab spot that everybody needs to do because, of one our posture has changed mm-hmm. um the mind body connection between the upstairs and the downstairs um has been disconnected there's so much work that needs to go on from a very basic and detailed level that everyone needs to do hmm. interesting i mean and it, it makes sense right um the recovery as the fourth trimester you know, and of course that recovery is nutrition, you know, that recovery is, and then it depends on, like you said, the, the, the type of delivery and how much physical trauma was done there. And that recovery is also mental. Um, so let, let's talk about trimesters, right? Let's kind of talk about the do's and don'ts per trimester. Um, so for someone, they just got pregnant, they've got three months to go, you know, in the first trimester, what are the do's and don'ts that they should be aware of while pregnant? Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to start this out because, you know, if you want to start progressing through trimesters, um, regardless of how far along, um, there's always a baseline uh, do's and don'ts that we should think about. So, um, you know, not pushing through any pain or discomfort. If you are fatigued, if you have any shortness of breath, those are all cues, regardless of what trimester you're in. Uh, you could have just found out that you're pregnant. Um, if you're having pain, uh, discomfort, if you th- if you see any you know bleeding, any weird fluids, that's the time to you know take it down a notch. That maybe today is not going to happen, or maybe for the rest of your pregnancy, some things yeah. are going to have to change. So, um, in that respect. Some things are just across the board, things to consider. Uh, another general things to consider, regardless of where you are in pregnancy, is stop thinking with the mindset that um, you need to hit PRs, you need to right. break records. Um, you know, at the very least, for a lot of people, um, it's going to be maintaining or getting as close to maintaining <laughs> is kind of the bottom, you know, the kind of the goal. Um, you know, if you are um, going out for any sort of cardiovascular activity and you are struggling to breathe, um, you know, if you can't talk as you're doing your cardio, if you're feeling dizzy, really sweaty, really lightheaded, please <laughs> don't, you know, don't continue on. If you feel dehydrated, stop, keep hydrated. Very important. If you live in, you know, um, like South Florida, for example, and it's in, you know, it's really hot. Um, keep that in mind, try to work out in a cooler environment. Keep, you know, kind of keep that stuff in mind. Of course, making sure you're getting medical clearance and not just medical clearance from day one. 
uh, progressive medical clearance because of course your profile is gonna change. Um, that's gonna evolve with you, so, so things like that. So um, if you're feeling out of balance, all that sort of stuff, obvious stuff. I yeah. guess blanket statement is if you're feeling Be weird, <laughs> you're feeling off, let's like let, let's not push through these things let's start mm-hmm. learning how to listen to our body and i think for type a athletes um competitive athletes that might be um something a little bit more difficult but it's a skill you need to learn learn to listen to your body read those signals and cues start that from day one yeah if you need to keep a journal um do so if you're that type of person um but when it starts coming into let's start thinking about that uh, first trimester. Of course, a lot of women going through their first trimester, um, they're like the transition of the hormones is a lot for a lot of women in the first trimester. So of course, uh, a lot of women are dealing with nausea. Uh, They're dealing with this like weird fatigue that they have never like felt before. Mm -hmm. Um, So Every day is going to be a little bit different for women in their first trimester. And a lot of times, a lot of the women I work with can't even work out at all during the, f- the first trimester because they're just vomiting mm, so much. Yeah. So if you've ever had like food poisoning or something, you try to work out when you have food poisoning, heck it's no. So, right. uh, so these women like feel it every day. So um, taking it one day at a time. So again, trying not to push through any pain. Um keep in your comfort zone. You don't want to be, especially in your first trimester, um, you can probably do, you can, for the most part, you can do just about anything you've, you've done previously. Um, but if you're doing an activity that puts you at risk for a fall or an injury, I would say to, uh, let's not do that. So if you like to rope climb, you know, at the CrossFit gym, I would kind of modify that. I, I don't want anyone to put themselves in an injury, um, in a, in a situation where, where they could fall. Cause that's the greatest risk to a mom, uh, early trimester. It's, it's not, um, doing a, an overhead squat, um, heavy it's really falling or having something fall on you, um, that is going to cause a termination pregnancy. So we don't want any of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, for any of these women, um, of course, like comparing yourself across the board, don't compare yourself to any women, yeah. um, just kind of go with how you're feeling. Uh, it's important to make sure that you're oxygenating when you're working out. So, um, you know, don't hold your breath. So a, a lot of lifters, you know, start using maneuvers like Valsalva, things like this, the holding of the breath, um, really try to keep yourself oxygenated. So work on your inhales and exhales and start planting those seeds now and early during your first trimester. Uh, so then as things get more difficult throughout your pregnancies, you kind of have those tools and building blocks as you, as you progress and you go along, uh, you know, super important to that. And, uh, you know, also when it comes to the, the first trimester, you may have to realize that you have to break out, break up your workouts a little bit. Uh, so if you are dealing with nausea and you do like to do an hour workout, you may have to block that into 10, 15, 20 minute segments, um, just so that, you know, if that nausea kicks in, don't feel like that's the end of your workout for today or get discouraged. Um, just do break it down if you need to. Um, you may you may find that that's a way for the only way for you to get in your workouts throughout throughout the day and, and mm-hmm. be happy that you've accomplished accomplished what you had set out to do. And if you need to stop and 
and take a break and, and carry on tomorrow, then don't let that kind of get discouraged with you. So um, those are kind of the main concerns with the, the first trimester. And then of course, as you get into the second trimesters, then that's when you have to be start a little bit more concern about supporting your core and your pelvic floor a little bit more right. um, because you're starting to put naturally, you're starting to put on a little bit more weight. Um, things are, you know, your, your body is, your posture is starting to change and accommodate to the, the changes that your body is going through. Um, your ligaments are starting to get a little bit more lax because you are in a new posture pattern. Things are going to be a little bit weaker because you're going to be not as an advantageous position than you were before. Um, so considerations like that. So, you know, if you once lifted a certain amount of weight, that same weight um, is not going to actually be the same on your body because your whole posture and presentation is totally new. So don't let that kind of get discouraging. But this is the time to start thinking about how can I support my core, my diastasis, and how can I start to support things like my core? Um, so if you want, we can chat a little bit more about uh, diastasis. Um, yeah. But that is um, just to kind of brief everyone, if you if you can picture the the rectus abdominis muscles, they have their right and left side. And in uh, between that is some connected tissue called the linea alba. Now, as the abdomen begins to grow and expand, the distance between um, those two rectus muscles begins to widen and that connective tissue tissue begins to widen and, and thins a little bit just naturally by mm -hmm. kind of pulling open. Uh, when it comes to a diastasis, uh, studies have shown that 100% of women by the end of their pregnancy, by the time they go into labor, have a diastasis. So uh, prevention is, is really not a thing, but supporting and reducing um, the severity of a diastasis is something that we can work with. And um, a lot of it does have to do with genetics, how you are, um, you know, growing and developing. A lot of that is not in our control. But how we work out and how we go about our day is something that is in our control. And that's what mm -hmm. we want to start thinking about during our exercises. So anything that front loads the abdominal wall, exercises like crunches, uh, V-ups, uh, hands and toes planks, that is all push it, pulling and putting a downwards pressure on your abdomen. Um, there is, a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term coning or doming. And mostly uh, your pelvic tilting or of the abs, just the present physical presentation of the abs. So uh, oh, if you yes. were to, if you were to do a, a hundred percent diastase, uh, rectus, of rectus abdominis muscle crunch, it almost looks like a loaf of bread or, um, like <laughs> yeah. a little a dome or a cone. Uh, some woman said, mine looks like a, um, like a, a fish tail or a whale's tail or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it's that protrusion. And that is, it's not bad. It's not wrong. It's an indicator that we are loading the rectus muscles. And that is a warning sign to us, an indicator to us 
that we are stressing this and we could perhaps put a little bit more, um, we're putting more stress on a diastasis. So anytime you're doing a core exercises, even when you get up from a laying down position, mm -hmm. you can cause this presentation of a, a doning or coning abdominals. So that's kind of a sign or an indication to women that they need to alter their positioning or their movements because we really want to try to avoid that presentation. Um, it's just going to cause a little bit more irritation and stress um, on that diastasis. So that's one thing that we can do. So as women are starting in their second trimester into their third per, uh, trimester and even beyond, keep in mind that that doming and that coning um, and trying to execute our exercises or movements where that is that sort of that result is diminished that's something to look forward to so um, again when you start doing your core exercises if you are continuing to do some core exercises through pregnancy the ones you want to do are the ones that don't cause this doming or coning um, and i've even seen women in the gym that are executing a pull-up where they see this presentation of a coning or doming. So it's something to think about. It's not just your crunches. Sometimes it can be a push press that's going to bring about this coning since a lot of us are just really super ab people. Um, that's something to look out for. Another thing to, to look out for, of course, is um, our pelvic floor. And this is when we start to consider if continuing with exercises like plyometrics jumping or running or jumping rope is something that is still okay for you, which it can be. Women do run until their third trimester and that's totally fine. But if you're starting to feel a little pressure and pain, uh, if you feel like your insides are coming out as you're working out, if you're starting to see some leaking, uh, then that might be uh, a time where you would consider uh, modifying, switching some things up. Um, because we want to keep the integrity of those muscles, you know, strong and equipped. We don't really want to cause any additional overstressing or strain right. of that pelvic floor. That is something that will help us down the road uh, with postpartum and things like that. So if we're already doing damage to our pelvic floor, then we have a stressful labor. We're going to have a pretty miserable postpartum experience. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, going to third trimester, we're taking all the information I had provided before. We're just kind of rolling it over and we're just kind of adding to the list. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of women, as you get a little heavier and a little larger, activities and exercises where you're lying flat on your back um, are going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, it is going to compress the inferior vena cava. It's going to reduce blood and oxygen to yourself, to the fetus. So a lot of women that like to do bench presses, uh, you might want to start considering doing uh, like an elevated, um, you know, something, you know, on an incline um, to take off some of that stress and pressure of that, that baby just putting pressure downwards. Um, and a lot of a lot of women, they can get away with it for 20, 30 seconds, and then they need, they need to sit up. And that's just going to be individual. That's going to change as, as you progress. What do they um, feel like when you're doing a bench press, when you're laying on the floor, doing floor press or anything, yeah. you know, what is, what is that feeling? It really starts to feel like you're out of breath is the main thing. That's kind of the first mm -hmm. warning sign. Uh, as you feel a bit weak and all of a sudden, it's almost like you are 
holding your breath and you're you're trying to to work out it just it feels impossible <laughs> um so that's the first sign maybe you get like a little bit of dizziness um women will start to go pale in some experiences why is that that's weird it's an occlusion you know of a major vein that's pretty much oh. all it is and it is the largest uh vein i believe outside the heart inferior vena cava uh-huh. um so if you can imagine, it does not take long before it has a system, you know, a systemic yeah, effect, um, you know, and also <laughs> the baby's that putting a lot sense. of stress on other organs, things like that too, which um, can directly or indirectly affect that sort of thing. Um, so that, that is something to consider. So, and it, it, it doesn't really, um, you know, you can still work out your, your pecs if that's what you want to do. Um by changing your positioning um you know don't think life is over because because right right (laughs) (laughs) um but again like you know going through this phase in the third trimester it's it's like a daily thing for a lot of women (laughs) um you know some days they feel great some days they um they just feel miserable and maybe have to sit one out um this is the time to start thinking about um things like fluid leakages and contractions starting. Um, So if, you know, if you're having some contractions, they could be false, you know, false contractions, what have you. Um, Don't push, don't pull through them, you know, have a seat, take considerations with things like that. So um, everything else, you know, from here on is like common sense. Um, You know, of course, starting that late first trimester, second trimester, we, we always want to start thinking about, um, modifications. How can I modify this to, to be better? If Mm -hmm. I am someone who is determined to continue to do pull-ups throughout pregnancy, um, consider that they just might have to look, if you want to, I'm, I never say no to a mom. (laughs) Um, but it might have to look a little bit different. Okay. So you may have to do, um, an assisted, you know, pull up, you may have to use a a box or a band. Um, you may have to make other modifications so that you can continue on. Uh, someone loves to run, but maybe they can't, maybe they need to bring it down to a jog. Maybe they need to do some hill. Um, so modifications are probably going to be the most important thing that um, yeah. I chat about with, um, you know, pregnant postpartum moms, especially the ones that are determined to, to continue. Like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do have uh, a guide on my website for women that uh, love CrossFit. And I've pretty much included all the major exercises um, on this guide and like how to modify for, for those. And awesome. um, uh, so that, that can help, you know, moms through that if, if they love that sort of stuff. And a lot of times a modification is not necessarily um, like a lateral modification, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better words. Um, so sometimes we're not substituting a crunch with another ab exercise. So when people go through their workouts of the day, uh, you're not necessarily going through and say, hey, this works, this muscle group, and I'm, uh, I'm going to flip the exercise where I'm mm-hmm. still working the same muscle group. So, um, I, I do go through in my guide a little bit more of, of, you know, ways to modify and modify so that you're having, um, a really great fun workout still. Um, you don't have to jump into like a prenatal yoga or just stick with walking. There is, there are still a lot of things that yeah. uh, a pregnant mom can continue on throughout pregnancy. 
So I'm curious about uh, diastasis. Um, when you're talking about the abdominal coning, right? Essentially, that's what the abs do. You know, like their their purpose, like the the upper rectus abdominis, you know, connects to um, the lower ribs. It connect and then it connects to the the top of the pelvis. You know, kind of you know. Um, I'm showing you, but the podcast folks can't see me, but <laughs> longitudinally, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> vertically. You, you, I mean, everyone can picture this. You flex the biceps, like in your mind, if you flex the bicep, you know what that looks small. like. If right. you are contracting your rectus, you know what that looks like. Uh, so it's, it's just how the muscle moves and, and how it acts. Yeah. Absolutely. My question is, is um, with, I, with the core, with any exercise, with any muscle group, you have your isotonic and you have your isometric, right? You and I know what that means, but for those of you that are listening, your isometric exercises are exercises where the muscles themselves stay at the same length. So imagine yourselves doing six inches, imagine yourselves doing a plank, imagine a wall sit, imagine something where you are holding that, that particular position for a period of time, but your body is still getting an excellent workout. Because your body is being, um, your, your muscles are contracting and forcing um, the body to stay in that position, right? So that's the, the isometric exercise. And the isotonic would be your bicep curls, you know, it would be your leg press, it would be anything where the muscle is moving through a full range of motion or a partial range of motion. So my question with the diastasis is... Um, so you're saying that anything that is an iso, isotonic exercise, a, a full contraction from one endpoint to the next endpoint for the rectus abdominis is not a good thing to do. But what about isometric? What about planks? What about six inches? You know, what about, or some for some, maybe 12 inches, it may be <laughs> 45, you know? Sure. So what about exercises that do not cause the bulging of the rectus abdominis? Do that, does this still work? Yeah, so that, that's a great question here and um, very, very, very important to kind of touch base on, especially for women that want to continue to engage their core throughout yeah. pregnancy. And um, yes, like we were saying before, that feedback um, is a, a sign, uh, an indication that we are causing stress and strain um, to those rectus muscles and the connective tissue between them. Now, if we're doing uh, exercises in isolation where we're not doing full contracting and relaxing, that sort of thing, um, the answer is kind of maybe. It depends on the individual. Okay. So a lot of the, the, the secrets to continuing core exercises in pregnancy and postpartum is not just thinking about the rectus, but think about all the other muscles involved yeah. in the core, um, it, you know, in the, you know, in the trunk, think about our deep abdominals. So um, what happens is with a lot of athletes and depending on how they've trained, a lot of the times these deep abdominal muscles don't really fire that well. We've never really been uh, like trained how to fire a muscle like our transverse abdominus. And if you look at an image of a transverse abdominus, the best way for me to explain it like visually is it looks like a corset. And what does, what does a corset do? It, it brings everything in, it cinches everything in. So if you are able to go about a plank where you're utilizing your transverse abdominus, which provides support to you know the the abdominals 
if you are still like, if you can continue a plank and you're not seeing that great uh, um, coning or pooching or what have you, that's a sign that your deeper and supportive core muscles are working also. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those individuals can continue to do um, core exercises through it. The problem is, is a lot of people don't know how to use those muscles well enough to offset some of the pressure that goes through some of these exercises, um, you know, especially individuals that, um, you know, of course you want to be breathing throughout your, your, mm-hmm. your um, exercise. A lot of individuals have not learned how to breathe through an exercise while these lower and deep abdominal muscles are still engaged and working. Yes. Um, so it's such a gray area. And that's why a lot of, you know, if you're talking to a lot of coaches, um, they're afraid of ab exercises for what for women is because a lot of us, us aren't even trained to do uh, work our core properly. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can, if you can, if you can sustain again, that feedback from that coning and that doning doming is a sign that you're not strong enough to, to do the exercise. Uh, so that's why I kind of use that as a, like just a general rule of thumb mm-hmm. for women. But yeah. yeah, if you're not coning or doming, you're strong enough, you know how to work your core properly. Um, then you can continue. Then technically you should be able to can you continue the exercise without putting additional exercise, um, st- stress and strain on that diastasis. Yeah. That is totally, that is totally or- fine. For women that are in the first trimester, and this is for our listeners, I'm kind of going to go through like a recap of the the three trimesters we've just talked about. So for women in the first trimester, you know, um, um, Daisy talked about um, staying consistent with your current exercise program while minimizing high risk situations. So don't go rock climbing, you know. <laughs> I have a good story about that. <laughs> that might be oh my gosh. <laughs> If you don't know you're pregnant, obviously you can't help that, you know. <laughs> right. But exactly. If, if you know, you know, then just 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 be smart, be wise, minimize those high risk situations, like you said, Daisy, where you could fall or where something may fall on you in the wrong spot, you know. Um, and then just depending on your health, depending on how you feel, you may need to break up your workouts, you know. So instead of working out in the morning, if you're just facing morning sickness, all right, get it done in the afternoon, get it done before dinner, right? Um, and and muscularly, what I would say and kind of ask about in the first trimester is you're you're absolutely right um most women non-athletic women do have a huge issue with engaging their entire core you know engaging the rectus abdominis properly engaging the transverse abdominis engaging the internal external obliques and even the quadratus lumborum um but for athletes that's that usually they're they're better they might have a good mind muscle connection but in order to to deadlift a couple hundred pounds you have to incorporate those muscles you know but for women that are just getting started or you're you're maybe again uh you know a beginner exerciser I would recommend doing isometric exercises, you know, so again, focusing on the plank, you know, so that you're, you're, you are tightening, you are engaging that transverse abdominis, you know, focusing on um, different angles that your, your core can be in and maintaining that to strengthen, you know, again, mainly that TVA. What do you think about that, Daisy? I'm, I'm on board with, with, (laughs) with what you've said there. Yeah. 
and uh, it's going to it's going to de depend on the person but yeah th mm -hmm. that's a general um good way to ap approach you know pregnancy workouts for sure Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And then for the second trimester, guys, um, mainly supporting the core, right? Just like we just said, and the pelvic floor. What are some exercises for the pelvic floor? Um, you know, it, really the, the pelvic floor, the best thing you can do for the pelvic floor is actually learning to breathe and with the pelvic floor. So it's, uh, it's not something that we're generally taught to do. Um, but it is going to be something that's going to help you manage pressure throughout your pregnancy and even your postpartum. Hmm. So a lot of us are very chest breathers yeah. and, you know, we inhale, our chest expands and we exhale, um, you know, it, 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 it relaxes yeah. in your, in your so, and then there's a different school and bringing it down a little deeper and, and you'll see this in like yoga, um, that's where the thought of like belly breathing comes in. Uh, so same thing, you're just expanding more and you're going in through the belly and a little bit of the chest. Now taking this to the next level is actually incorporating the pelvic floor through breath. Um, so you're doing, as you inhale, um, it's almost like, um, you know, thinking about a balloon, you blow into the balloon, during your inhale, everything is expanding. So your abdominals, even your low, you know, your low back, um, into the QLs there, into the pelvic floor, everything is is open and expanding. And then on the exhale, this is where you can start to do a. You can do this with you know more of a mental sort of approach, but you're contracting um, on that exhale. And I don't want to say the word Kegel because not quite a Kegel because we're not really forcing it, um, but we're yeah. allowing that contraction and relaxation to happen naturally through breath. If you're able to do that, you can start doing that as part of your lifting technique. So instead of doing a Valsalva where you're holding, um, you're going to, let's say you're doing a squat, inhale down, everything is open and expanding. Um, maybe let's think of a deadlift since we're holding a little bit of weight. So your uh, inhale on the way down on that exhale, initiating um, your, your, your breath through the pelvic floor will start to train that pelvic floor to start contracting and supporting your pelvic floor as you start to lift that weight. So a lot of women or a lot of lifters, a lot of it comes from the, the belly. But if you start to actually think through the pelvic floor first and zipping up the abs and then bringing it all up, that's a way that you can start working your pelvic floor muscles right away, you know, as a pregnant woman. And that is one technique that I show women to help. That's going to be bar none. The best thing you can do in, mm. in, in postpartum is because that's going to bring that mind body connection that yeah. is going to, um, start your mind, uh, plant that seed in there of how to start contracting and relaxing the pelvic floor. A lot of women don't know how to contract and relax the pelvic floor. Um, and so that's where, I think that's kind of where Kegels started to uh, kind of come about. Um, you know, and everyone says, um, pretend like you're holding or pulsing your urine or something like that. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, to start working <laughs> the pelvic floor, but yeah. just starting through it through the breath so that we are doing it naturally every day through our everyday activities. It will start to help support us in our lifts and our workouts because as our body starts to go through maybe a heavy lift or something where we need that support, that pelvic floor is going to be there. It's going to turn on when we need it to. Um, That's going to help prevent things like prolapse and that could um, support us through women that are struggling with with leakage too, potentially. I never thought about- Can of worms there. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about breathing to help with the pelvic floor. That's very interesting. But when you have that mind-muscle connection and when you force that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's, the, it, it is a, um, it's more a muscle, you know, it's not like your biceps where, yeah. where we're working it. Um, it's like our muscles of respiration. It's just there. It is, you know, it's something to help us support, but it's not something that um, we necessarily need to go out and get a device or a machine or sit there and do contractions mm-hmm. all day long. Uh, it's not that type of muscle. <laughs> um, it's like the muscles that are in between our spine. It's a supportive type of muscle. So it's not something where we want more bulk or volume, that sort of thing. Uh, we just want it to work and we want it to work well when we need it. Yeah. So in the, in the, in the same vein as that, oh, let me go to the third trimester. Um, mm. So the third trimester, you know, um, you said no exercises focusing on directly contracting the abs, right? So nothing, definitely no crunches, like point blank period. Yeah, I mean, you can do, we do have, um, again, it's it's more, um, it's more kind of supportive exercises. So, yeah. you know, if, if you want, you can do, um, you know, some, some, you know, lateral type, you know, um, oblique sort of exercises. Yeah. Um, you can do even something like, um, like a canoeing type of exercise, like a stick or you hold a ball and you're doing some rotation, you know, things like that, but okay. not like a, we're not trying to build here. We're trying right. to create again, supportive muscles here. Um, you know, and that's really tr- the main focus here. So we're not really trying to tone and you know, flatten the abs here. We're really just right. trying to create nice, strong, supportive muscles um, that are going to get us through this this labor and uh, help us get into our postpartum phase. Yeah, and you make a really good point about uh, support versus muscle building. You know, like we do certain exercises that focus on increasing the, the muscle bulk, the size of the muscle. But when we're in that third trimester, that's not the goal. The goal is to create uh, um, a posture, create support with that. Um, and then also the third trimester, you mentioned how laying on the back, you know, while exercising is more difficult, you know, um, from bench press to leg lifts, <laughs> you know, things like that are more difficult. And, and definitely watch out for plyos because, um you 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 mentioned how just the elasticity of the ligaments and tendons does change hormonally throughout pregnancy and so that third trimester is it sounds like it's a higher likelihood of injury due to that increased elasticity is that right sure absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. and we do have some women that may find that um i've seen a mom doing just about nothing and she she sprained her ankle um This is where you'll start to see these random, like repetitive stress injuries show up that you're like, I didn't really do, do much of anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just because those, 
this these hormones that are circulating our body especially as you as soon as you're getting later and later into the pregnancy these get stronger um it is the purpose of it is to allow for the baby to pass through the birth canal um and no it doesn't stay isolated to the birth canal it you know the ligaments soft tissue throughout the whole body is affected by this hormone. Um, so we may not be able to withstand, um, you know, lifting what we used to mainly because the integrity, um, not, not necessarily your muscle strength, but the supportive strength of your soft tissue of those connective tissues, the muscles and the tendons, uh, they're just not what they're used to be. They are just, they're like a, a rubber band that has just been, um, you know, stretched out to the max and yeah. it doesn't have that same, same integrity. Hmm. Hmm. So that, that third trimester is, um, it, it's, it's different. You're, you're a different woman when you're exercising, you know, every, I don't know. I was, every day is like a different day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're different. You know, never, you're like, you got to wake up and say, who am I today? Who am what? I today? <laughs> like, seriously. Who am I and what can I do today? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so Daisy, another thing that um, I wanted to chat about was hernia prevention. So talk to me about, well, first tell the audience exactly what a hernia is. And then how can that happen during pregnancy? Sure. Yeah. And so uh, hernia just in general means that um, contents are spilling out. So, uh, you know, for example, let's see the best way to explain it is, it's almost like a tube of toothpaste. Uh, so you've got your tube of toothpaste, you squeeze the tube and the toothpaste comes out. There is a opening or a weak spot in the body and whatever's supposed to be inside has worked its way out. So there's a lot of different types of hernias, um, you know, you've got, um, the most common one in pregnancy is the umbilical because as you can just visualize from anatomy, that is our weak point. There is a lot going on in that umbilical area because of our pregnancy and that linea alba, which is the connective tissue between the two rectuses, which we were discussing earlier, that's also you know, a weak area. There's just a lot of weakness along that line of, you know, kind of the umbilical area. Uh, so what happens? What is a hernia? It's when your organs come, you know, extrude out through, <laughs> through the umbilical area, um, which is, you know, visually, it, it, you know, it, you can Google um, umbilical hernias. You'll see it's, um, it's not, you know, uh, you can be pretty self-conscious for something like that. Um, and there's a lot of distress that goes on in that area. And a lot yeah. of times surgery is required to, to put things back. Um, you know, men will complain about like groin hinge, like um, hernias. There's also hiatal hernias where, um, you know, through the diaphragm there, you know, there's some escaping. <laughs> I need some, I need a chart, I feel like. Um, to explain this, but it's harder to do it on a podcast. I feel like I need some slides, but just visualize that um, in the umbilical area, that is the weak area, especially yeah. if you've had a C-section as well. That area is, you know, also very weak too, and um, an area where organs can uh, prolapse or extrude out. 
Hmm. Um, so w- ways to avoid it. Number one thing is, of course, rehab um, is learning how to manage and maintain your pressure. Um, if you think of a bag of chips, um, you know, the the top where the seal is, is the weakest part. So think of that as like your abs. Um, if you if someone went and squeezed the bag, um, what happens with the pressure that's in the bag? It's going to shoot out the weakest area. Yeah. And that's the best way I explain it to moms. So hopefully that gives uh, the listeners a visual of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we manage that? We make sure that we're not putting pressure on that weak area. Um, so that is uh, not jumping into certain activities um, you know, postpartum that you're not ready for learning how to manage and balance pressure. And a lot of that has to do with the breathing technique I talked about earlier of using your pelvic floor on your exhale to uh, start contracting and, and turning those muscles on and then like zipping up through the core too, so that the core is turned on and can handle and maintain and manage pressure that is, you know, punching at it. Um, as we do any, any sort of lift. So mm-hmm. hopefully I explain that <laughs> in a way yes. that is, is helpful for you and for your listeners. I usually like to have a visual aid um, for that. Um, but that is kind of the same vein, what pelvic organ prolapse is also, uh, which yeah. is another common instance is when um, there is a prolapsed or a hernia of sorts of um, the, the pelvic organs coming you know through the um you know out through the the vaginal um, opening there so um it's in the same vein and a lot of it is also pressure management related also and also strength and support uh, related also so what are the most meaningful um the most you know uh important helpful you know tips or action steps that you can give women in any trimester listening to this episode today wow i know right like <laughs> i think it's I like know. give me your whole I, career <laughs> like holy cow and i think um you know the, the most important thing that i have learned through my education and through working with women every single day and you know and it all comes from the thought in my mind that women are um underserved um, not necessarily told or given all the tools that they need to get them through pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood and even life and you know, we really do need to take care of our bodies and approach our health and fitness, not necessarily every single day in every single phase with the goal of being that strongest person in the gym physically being ripped and being shredded, but also to, to treat ourselves with what we're dealing every single day and seeing every day as a new body as a new person. So being graceful to ourselves and saying, Hey, what, what do you need to achieve your goals today? What, what outcome do I want? And how am I going to get there safely and while treating my body with respect? 
I think that's probably the most important thing. Can I go out there and PR a lift? Yes, but is that the right thing for me right now in my body, in my phase of life? Um, is that the best thing for, for my body, for my baby, for, for my mental health? Is that going to help me with my longevity? And I think that is probably, if we just kind of walk, take every day with that perspective, then I think, you know, as a woman, as a woman, as a whole, um, we're going to have more respect for ourselves. We're going to be able to um, continue our fitness with, with more um, like longevity and, you know, be there for, for our kids to play with them, you know, when we're older, um, not because, you know, we went for, for this lift and, and injured ourselves unnecessarily because we just took it down a notch a little bit. We were able to keep up, keep going every single day. Um, and now we're able, you know, now we're able to kind of continue and keep up with our health and fitness and see it more as, um, long-term as opposed to just today's gains. I think that's kind of how I would sum, sum up what I've, what I've learned in these probably last five years. No, that's beautiful. Cause it, it really puts women in a situation to realize one, you can do it Two, be wise, how you do it, you know, three, prepare for, um, trimester four. <laughs> it exists, even though you don't think it does, or you, maybe you don't feel like it does, or your brain doesn't know that it does. Um, it's there. And, um, that's 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 kind of the key to getting back into competition if you're someone that's into competition if you're someone that's into um, extreme sports or someone that is uh, into marathoning um, that fourth trimester that work um, just like a knee injury you're not just going to jump back into a marathon after a knee injury you're going to take those steps to rebuild it and make it stronger so that you can be stronger and usually what happens is you find things along the way that probably you should have worked, you know, should have worked on. Yeah. Um, and uh, you'll be, you know, you'll be, you'll be stronger because of it. And you'll appreciate it. Absolutely. That was a beautiful uh, statement um, and, and very eye-opening. And I hope ladies that, you know, are listening that you, you're really taking this information to heart because Daisy has given you some information that can help you know, during your entire pregnancy and definitely after your pregnancy. Um, well, and in summary, thank you guys for listening to this episode. And don't forget, if you need help, seek it. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, the door will be open. For everyone that asks, receives. And to the one that seeks, they find. And to the one that knocks, the door will be open. I'm here for you. Daisy is here for you, for your health, your fitness, your motivation, nutritional needs. If you need help, just ask. Google will only get you so far. <laughs> I hope that you've not only enjoyed this episode and that you can put this information in, into practice. Daisy, share one more time where they can connect with you. Best place where you can find me is strongmomsfitness.com. Strongmomsfitness.com. So make sure you connect with Daisy at Strong Moms, plural, by strongmomsfitness.com. And guys, thank you again for listening to this episode of Nutrition and Fitness Made Simple with me, Coach Kayla. Do me a huge favor. Rate, like, love it, comment, share it, subscribe it, send it um, to anyone that you think will benefit from this episode because this one was a really, really good one. 
do yourself a huge favor and make sure you take the time to create the opportunity to design your body. Peace, guys.